Okay, let's get into our discussion tonight of Parsha Shoftim. Again, broadcasting here from Cam Kaley. One more week, this week and next week, Brother Shem from here, and then we, uh, we'll go back to Eretz Yisrael and continue our, our, uh, Parsha Shir from, from there. Just the one note related to that, and that is, as, as has been mentioned over the past couple of months, but now with Rosh Chodesh, we're into Rosh Chodesh Elo. Um, just to mention again, those who want to take part in our, uh, OU listenership audience in, uh, helping us build our Mikdash Ma'at with the Parsha Shir, hopefully will Brother Shem be broadcast from for um, for many years, if some anybody would be able to participate, we would uh, we would very much appreciate it, and we need your help in order to build our mikdash maat. Please go to nofeyashemesh.com.org and uh, in that way join us in this great mitzvah of building a base haknasas in Eretz Yisrael, which Bez Hashem will be able to share much Torah together in the future. Many parshios. Okay, so let us get into Parsha Shoftim now. Tavshin Ayin Gimel. And we start off with a, a Musr thought, which is mentioned by many. <coughs> I gave it to you from the Shemanato, from Rabbi, Rabbi Weinberger. Says the Pasuk at the beginning of the Parsha. Shoftim v'shotrim. Titein l'cha b'chal sharecha. Appoint Shoftim and Shotrim in all of your gates, in all of your cities. Asher Hashem lokecha nosin l'chal l'shvatecha that Hashem has given to your to the Shvatim. What's the difference between a Shofet and a Shoter? So Rashi quotes Chazal. Shofet is Dayanim haposkim esadin, a judge. Shofet is a judge, as we know. Shotrim harodin esha'am achar mitzvasam, those who enforce the din. They go to the nation and they are the enforcers. The makal uberetsua with a stick and a whip. Achi akabel alav din shofet. So shofet is step one and shoter is step two. Shotrim the mishtara, the police. They don't decide law; they enforce law. So that's the difference between a shofet and a shoter. Says the Shem If you look in the Zohar Hakadosh, the Zohar Hakadosh tells us that this pasuk is referring to each and every person, and so often it is the first Shabbos in Chodesh Elul, as we here tonight are Beis Elul. Says the Zohar, This pasuk is talking to each of us and regard, talking to the gates of our heart. The gates of our heart. What does that mean? We need Shoftim and Shotrim as we start our tshuva process. What does that mean? Says the Shem Atov. There are two kochos. Yes, one's a judge, one's an enforcer. But if we think about the depths of it, what's the difference between what a shofet does and what a shoter does? From which part of the body are they acting? Who the shofet don al pi sechel vahavanas prate hamaisa vereka hasviva deuvda a shofet is intellectual a shofet makes a decision a shofet uses his intellect machshava mashe'en kein shoter a shoter is much more focused on the guf than on the moach. Shoter ain't lolish tamish besichlo. A shoter doesn't ask questions. A shoter follows orders. Deha iker et slow lifol bemaisa al piorath a shofet. The shofet tells him what to do, and the shoter carries it out. He doesn't say, "Are you sure? I'm not sure. Is this? Did he? Is he really guilty? Is he innocent?" The shoter just acts. He is told what to do. 
Once the decision is made by the Shofet, the Shota carries it out. V'chein Sarech, so too, says the Shemanatov, each of us have to make sure that our Shoftim and Shotrim are working correctly. Hainu, line 6. Shofet mitzara seichel v'havanaso bebechiraso betov negadara. We have to make the right decisions. We have to try to be object, as objective as we can. In all of our decisions, both the small daily decisions, what I'm going to do right now, am I going to do this with Kavana, I'm going to do this act of Chesed, the daily and the larger decisions about getting my life on the right track. On the one hand, we have the Shofet, the decisions, but then, ever, oh so often, does our, does our, our, our Mishpat work? We're good Shoftim. But the Shotrim is the problem, the putting it into action, the bringing Minav, Koach El that's where we fall short. So many times we have to make the right decisions, but but we can't go the next step. The gamba kabbalas shoter. It's carrying it out after eno maven, even if he doesn't understand the shoter. Right, the shoter mikomakom osev etov negarav. The shoter doesn't ask questions. The gamba kabbalas ol bechina shoter. Also, osek fi pakudas haTorah. Valzeh says the shem Once we've made a decision. How many times do we second guess? How many times do we say, oh, did we really want to do this? Is this the right idea? And the Yitzhahara starts going to work. And the Yitzhahara starts saying, nah, you're fine, you don't need this. So we did the Shmishpat. But then, in terms of Shoter, we lose out. We have to do what we can to make sure that first step, we have Shoftrim, and then we have, and then we have Shoter. He says, that's also what we say every Minchan Shabbos. Hashem. Adam Mehema. What is Chazal Darshan on that? Bnei Adam Ha'arumim Bidas. The Sovlim Olke Behema. We have to first act like an Adam. But then we have to act like a Behema. What does a Behema do? Once he's hit, he's on the wagon, he just goes. Doesn't ask questions. Do you really want to go out today? It's snowy. It's cold. No, the Behema just goes. We need the Shofet and we need the Shoter. And then the Shemana Tov says, maybe this is even. And this is why if anybody needs to speak at a Bar Mitzvah this Shabbos, so this is it right here. This is the Tefillin Shal Rosh the Tefillin Shal Yad. The Tefillin Shal Rosh is the Shofet. It's Kenegad Moach. Through my intellect, my perfection of the intellect, I am able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then we have, of course, the Tefillin Shal Yad, which is Negad Alev, in the tefillah that we say before we put on tefillin, Ukshartem la'osal yadecha, v'lahadokes adam l'shabit tavasam, b'vachinas kabbalas ol. It's the lave and it's the moach. The lave symbolizing the action, symbolizing the guf, and the moach, the decision. And as the Gemara says, hasach bein tefillin shal rosh, tefillin shal yad. If somebody separates, that's terrible. We can't make a distinction. He's choser miorche amalchami. He goes back from the battlefield because with that type of Yitzhahara being able to overpower him, he's not going to be successful. We have to have Shotfdim. We have to have Shotrim. We have to make the decision. We have to then allow it to be carried out. <laughs> as long as we make that decision, Hashem will give us Yat HaDashmaya. And even though we know, many times, are we going to be perfect? Are we going to be successful? You know, we do the best we can. But we at least have to make the decision and do our best to put it into action. 
There's a Rambam in Hilchus Shuvah that connects to this idea. Again, at the, on the surface, it's a very scary Rambam, those who have seen this Rambam before. But if we look at it and analyze it, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter says, really, this Rambam should give us chizuk. The Rambam in Perak Beis of Hilchus Shuvah, where he talks about Shuvah Gemura, if someone is in the exact same position that they were in and they don't violate, that is, that's Shuvah Gemura. Says the Rambam, in Halacha Beis, Beis Beis, Umay Yeshuva, it's not on your sheet. What is ultimate Shuva? Sheyazov Achote Cheto V'yasirenu Mimachshavaso. I leave the sin, I remove it from my thoughts. V'yigmar Belibo Shelo Yaseu Od, and I decide I'm never going to do it again. Shneemar Yazov Rasha Darko V'ishav and Machshavosav, as the Pasuk says. V'chen Yisnachim Al Shavar, I not only remove it, I feel bad about what I did. Shneemar Kiachrei Shuvi Nichamti. And then the Ramah has the line, V'yayid alav yodea ta'alumos shalo yashav lazeachei olam. What's ultimate shuva when Hashem, the yodea ta'alumos, he can be made, he can give testimony that we're never going to do it again. So we read this Rambam and say, so we never did shuva in our lives. Because Hashem know, knew that we wouldn't be successful and we decide the same things every year and we fall prey and maybe we move a little bit this way and that way. What are we supposed to do with this Rambam? The Rambam is basically saying we've never done Shuvah in our lives, Shuvah Gemura. So the Rambam says, no, no, read the Rambam closely. The Rambam doesn't say, well, what, what is Hashem called? How, what's his appellation here? What is he called? The Ya'ida love, it doesn't say Yodea Ha'asidos. It doesn't say God who knows the future. Because that would mean that he knows the future. He knows we're not going to be successful in our decisions. So therefore, we're finished. No, he says here, Yodea Ta'alumos. He knows our hidden thoughts. He knows what's inside. If right now I really want it and I decide, and you're right, life, life happens and we don't, we don't always stay with the decisions that we made. But if at the moment that we decide, we really feel it, and if we would stay on that level, it would be successful, that's all, that's Shuvah Gemura. Yodea Talumos, not Yodea Ha'asidos. And therefore, we have to allow first the, sh- the Mishpat, the Shoftim, and then the Shotrim. And then as long as at that moment we can be pure in our hearts and try our best, Yodea Talumos, Hashem, will accept that as Tshuva Gemuras. That helps, starts us off tonight, Shoftim and Shotrim, first thought of Chodesh Elo. Okay, now we get it to a major thought which uh, I thought that we've done in uh, recent years, but I checked the notes, I don't think we've done it, at least in Parsha Shoftim. We've mentioned it in other shirim, but here it is, Meshachachma. There are fa- about four or five meshach- major Meshachachmas on Parsha Shoftim. We've discussed in the past the one related to Losasur and Adam um, Zomamin a little bit, but now let's get to the Meshachachma relating to the beginning of the Parsha. Pazak tells us, Perek Tezayin Pazak Chafalaf, Lo sita lacha asherah kal eitz, eitz al mizbach Hashem alokecha, asher ta'aselach. Do not plant an asherah tree, an avodah tree, next to the mizbeach. Not allowed to plant a tree, an avodah tree next to the mizbeach. Rashi, azhara lenotea ilan, ulabone bayis bahara bayis. It's not only avodah zara. It's any tree, right? A, a tree, you can't plant a tree next to the mizbeach. Azhara lenotea ilan, ulabone bayis bahara bayis. So question one is, what's the time for this? Trees are usually beauty. Beautiful. Right? We even know the, the halachas, there are mitzvahs at the end of Sefer by Midbar, the way one constructs an ear, uh, city of the Levium. There's area for residence, there's area for open fields, there's area for trees. Trees have beauty. So what it, it says in the later on in our parsha, ki people are compared to trees. 
So what's so bad about planting a tree next to the Mizbeach? Question number one. Question number two. If you look in the Gemara Mesecha Sanhedrin, the Meshachach was going to quote it later in this piece. The Gemara says that if someone appoints a judge, She'eno Hagun, Hagun, it's as if he planted an Asheva next to the Mizbeach. That's the connection. If I appoint a judge, right, I pay somebody off to get a judge appointed, that's just like planting a tree next to the Mizbech. So, my inyan, Shemitah, it's al-Arsina. What's the connection between appointing a, a judge inappropriately, which obviously is not a good thing, uh, and planting a tree next to the Mizbech? Why is that the, the marshal? Two questions. Says the Meshachachma, a major thesis. Ha'inyan. Ha'inyan, this is the idea. Kia Karbanos, source number two. Kia Karbanos. And this is a Meshachachma that one has to realize and appreciate learning Sefer Vayikra. But it's tucked away here in Parsha Shoftim. Ki akarbanos af ki heimachela gadol me'atorah. Ve'atorah karasem lachmi li'ishai pa'amim rabos. Yes, karbanos are major. And the Torah even calls karbanos Hashem's bread. Lachmi. Pecholzos no dalanu adavar mitzara muskal. But we know. We know Bavadai ki abore kol eno bore kol eno nizon muuma. Hashem does not need the karbanos. Hashem is not lacking something or missing something, and we're being mashlim the chisaron by bringing a karban. Chas v'shalom. Ve'enosef boshum shleimus chalila mipulos hanivraim. There's nothing lacking in his shleimus that we give him. That's another shot of Hashem Echad, which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Hashem Echad, He is complete. He is the ultimate in unity. Not that there are different parts, but the ultimate in unity, which we can't even fathom. God is unchanged. He's the same that He was before He created the earth, before He created the world and the universe. Does Hashem really need the Karbanos? There's all secret ideas when it comes to karbanos. It's about affecting us. It's about the givers of the karbanos. We are being makriv, right? We are symbolically giving of ourselves. We have to focus on the details of Karbanos. As we mentioned in the past, the way to appreciate Karbanos is not to turn off whenever we get to halachas of Karbanos and Kachim, but to turn on and try to appreciate the details and in that way learn the messages of what Karbanos is supposed to teach us. And you find that in many different, many different sources. But again, he repeats on line 18, Just like he doesn't need any being, he doesn't need any action from any being in order to be mashlim his existence. And these words are, these thoughts, says the Meshachachma, are, are deep. And obviously this is very different than Avodah Zarah. Avodah Zarah, they are nothing even when they worship, but they even believe, the old Avodah Zarah, that they're perfecting and completing their gods. Ki ha'ovdim, yadua me'akadmonim. Ki ha'yuovdim lahamazalos v'kochos muvshatim. They serve their gods. Ba'ofa she'mosifin lamkoch v'shefa. The more they serve, the more the, the, the more powerful these, these gods become. The more people that serve. 
Right? And God is unchanging. So we don't believe in that. Says the Meshachachma, before we get to what it has to do with our Pasuk, that's also the Pshad of Ben-Azai. Ben-Azai at the end of Menachos, Daf Kufyuram and Aleph. Ben-Azai, Alzeh Kivan Ha'eloki, the godly Ben-Azai, says the Meshachachma. Zel Shono, Bo Re'eh, Kizeh Be'emes Hergish Niflo Ma'od, the look at this ha'ara that Ben Azai has. Maxiv bepachas akarbanus. Look throughout the beginning of Ayikra. Shalom nomar bahen lokel velo elokim. Throughout that parsha, the names of God of Kel and Elokim do not appear. Those names aren't used. El Hashem only Yudke Vavke. Only that name of Hashem is there. Why? What does each of these names reflect? Ella, right, we know every name of Hashem reflects a way that he relates. Shalolitim pischopen lamina lorado. Says Ben Azai, why is this only Yudke Vavke? So there's no room for heresy. What does that mean? Why would there be heresy? Ubir dvarov. Kishem Elokim. Hu kalach, kalakochos, hoalulim, and imsamito yisbarach. Elokim and Kel are names of God that reflect a way that he interacts with the universe. Elokim is din. Elokim is nature. Elokim reflects a God and the created. Kel, right, it is chesed. V'shem kel umora al chozek Elokim and Kel are names that emphasize and accentuate his relationship with us. And that's why those names are not used in the Parshas HaKarbanos. Dafka. Vim Hayakasov came by Parshas HaKarbanos. Hayopischon Pelaminim. Kiyutzarach Lizon Chalilim HaKarbanos. There would be room for heresy. Maybe he needs something, right? It's that he's connected to his Nivraim somehow. What name is used? Yudke Vavke. What's Yudke Vavke? Haya Hobet He was, is, and will be. He has independent existence. He is not connected and dependent on any other existence, of any other being, of any other Nivra. That's why Yudke Vavke is you. That's exactly the message of Ben Azai. Ki He is the only one with absolute existence. The Imkain. And therefore, Lo Yitachin Therefore you can't uh, logically think because it's always Yudke Vavke that we are giving him anything by our Karbanos. That's part one. That's all background. Now we get to the message for our Pasuk. The inanimate objects are unchanging. Yes, over time they, they get worn out. A rock gets worn out over time based on the weather, based on natural forces. But inherently a rock is unchanging. It doesn't move. Kihu is arvus chalakim v'yesodos domimim shutim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the lowest level of beings, the domimim. V'asher nimsa ki'yigdal ha'even. And when in even, a rock becomes bigger, it's not because it inherently is getting bigger. Hu ba'asher yizdavku chalkei ha'afar. Asher svivo. It's just that the dirt around it hardened. V'yizkashu ha'kiyu la'even. And therefore the even got bigger. Avalomine karavu. But it's not from within. The rock didn't get bigger. You put something, something went on top of the rock. But the rock didn't get better. The rock is unchanging. That's the lowest level. That's domain. But what about the next level up? The tzomchim. The tzomchim, plants, trees, flowers, they all grow. They all grow. They're given nourishment. They're given water. They're given sunlight. They grow. Trees, plants, all grow. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, make them as beach out of stone. And don't put any trees next to the Mizbeach. Why? Exactly our point. Because Karbanos, you got to remember the message of the rock. 
You can't have a tree next to it. A rock is unchanging. That's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu is when we bring him Karbanas. Next to the Mizbeh, the Mizbeh is made out of Mizbeh Havanim Taseli. Ula Haros Kavanazu to teach us this message. Tziva, line 16. Tziva Yizbarach Lasos Mizbeh Havanim no wood. To, for us to reflect. Just like the Mizbeach who dover It doesn't need anything. It's rock. It's stone. It's perfect inherently. So to the whole Indian of Karbanos is not because of any nourishment that we're giving God. That's why, losita l'chashira kolates. No trees! No trees here. Even the word ashera, he quotes Chazal, it's their mit ashrim me'acherim. An ashera tree becomes rich from others. Right, but it's really any tree. No trees next to the Mizbeach, because the Mizbeach is not because something is needed, but it's all mitzidenu, it is unchanging. So that answers question one. Why the next to the Mizbeach? Because the Mizbeach symbolizes are giving something, but God is unchanging, like rocks, and not by trees. What about now, let's get back to the other question, about a Dayan, about a Dayan. So now we go line 29, next paragraph. Ultimately, Mishpat is Hashem's. The only way that a Dayan could come to Amita Shal Torah in MS Psagdin is if he's totally objective. If he doesn't take any bribes, if he doesn't show favoritism from anybody, doesn't accept anything from anybody, that's the only way a Dayan could be perfect and hope to get to what Rav Moshe Feinstein calls in his Hakdama to Igris Moshe, Emes Amita. And not even just Emes Lahora'a, but Emes Lamita. Lo Mamon Vishim Kavar Ba'olam. V'chein. And if he doesn't accept any fear. Not just physical. There's nothing external that is bending him, that is causing him to shape his psak in any way. He is just straight. What the psak is? He's not affected by any external force. That's an ultimate dayan. And that's what the Gemara means in Shabbos. He quotes it on the next page. Source 3, called dayan. Every dine is like a creation of the world. Just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not accept Shumto Eles and nothing was changed. So too, right after the creation, he was the same as he was before creation. So too, if somebody judges, he's unchanged. Before and after the Psak, below Shumpania. And that's what a Dayan has to be. That's what it's Laamito, Donamis Laamito. That's the Shutta La Kodesh Brachim Maisabracious. Parenthetically, you can look at the Minchas Usher, the first volume of the Chubis that has come out in Agdama. He also talks about this, about Donamis Laamito. So now, says the Meshachachma, now we understand our last question. Because if somebody appoints a Dayan She'eno Hagun, it's like he's putting a tree next to the Mizbeach. What's the message of putting a tree next to the Mizbeach? You're losing the whole message of Karbanos. That may you think a tree, there's something acceptance, and there, there is, uh, appreciating what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if, as if he's, he's getting something. But Chas we don't say that. Chas it's, uh, it's like a rock. 
But if you put a tree there, you're missing that whole idea, and that's exactly what, uh, if you appoint a, a maimid, a dayin she'eno hagun, a dayin that's going to accept things and be changed before and after the psak, that is something that is totally inappropriate, and that's why that mashal was given in the Gemara in Mesech Hazanech. Okay, we continue. Okay, we continue. Says the Pasik. Perak Yudzaya now, moving right along. Pasik Chaf. Pasik Chaf. All the way right before the end of Shani. We get into the Parsha of the Melech. We're going to have one thought at least related specifically to the Melech. So we know mitzvahs asay da'oraisa in terms of minui Melech. The Melech has various halachas that only apply to him. Lo yarba lo susim, not too many horses. Lo yashava mitzrayma, lo yarba lo nashim, but not too much money, not too many wives. He has to write his own Sefer Torah. He has to write a Sefer Torah. He should call it in all of his days. Question one, which I think we've discussed in the past, but now we're going to expand on it. Every Jew has a mitzvah to write a Sefer Torah. And yet the king has an added mitzvah to write a Sefer Torah. An added mitzvah. We'll get back to that question. But let's continue for a minute. He has the Torah in order to keep all the mitzvahs. So that his heart is not raised and that he does not go away from the mitzvahs. So his kingdom lasts for a long time. Ah. Maybe I should have asked the question even before we read the Pasuk. But says the Ramban, where in the Torah does it say that there is an Isra being a Balgaiva. What does it say? Yes, it says in Baaloscha, Vish Moshe Anav Ba'on, Moshe was an Anav, and it's made amazing and wonderful to be humble, and one can't be a Balgaiva. But is there an Isra in the Torah? Does it say? By most Midos, it doesn't say. Most Midos, Rav Chaim Vital writes, most Midos are prerequisites for mitzvos. Right? They're not mitzvos themselves. Right? If, my, if, I, if, I am not, if I am not a Balmidos, then all my mitzvos are going to be warped. And they're not going to, and they're going to be crooked, and they're not going to be effective. But so, by most mitzvahs, they're not in the Torah. But as the Ramban or comments the Ramban, there's one that is about being a Balgaiva. The Isser of being haughty, of being arrogant, is right here. Levilti rum levavo meechav says the Ramban in source number four. Nirmaz bekan b'Torah Isser hagaavus right here. The king has to have this so that his heart is not raised up. Here it is, says the Ramban, the Isra of Gaiva. Ki akasuf yimna es hamelech mi ga'avos v'romamus halev. If a king who is, a king is is uh, an up, ups, uplifted and, and uh, a raised up person in society, and he is not allowed to have his heart raised, says the Ramban, surely others who don't, there's already have a meaning that they should have their heart raised. Because after all, you would think that a king should have his heart raised. To raise himself up. He is warned that his heart should be low like his brothers. Mida Meguna Venim Esas Eitzelha Elokim Afilu Bemelech. There's if somebody takes up more room for themselves, as they say, more room for me, less room for God. 
The more I raise myself up, the more I'm taking God out of the picture. Ki la shem levado hagdula vaharomamus vilo levado hatihila. As we say every morning, bo talel haadam vechulu toavas Hashem kol gvalev. Right, all gvalev is toavas Hashem. That's a toeva. That's abomination to God. This is the Ramban right here. Levilti rumovavo meachav. A little more well-known is the Ramban's comments elsewhere, and that is in his famous letter, the Igaris Ramban, where he talks about, uh, to his family member, he says to his son, there's an important letter, I'm going to give you a couple of messages, you should read this every week, at least once a week, and no Nesdek will happen to you, and that's why many of the minute of reading this beautiful uh, letter that was written by the Ramban to his son. So, the first section what is the first, the root midah? If you were writing, if we were writing a message for our children, what, what message would we give them? Something that they'll read forever and ever, you know, Adnei Esrim. What message would we want to give our children? And maybe there are many messages. What would be the first message? Says the Ramban, you know what my first message is? This midah. Well, it's two really connected midos. Shema b'ni Musar Avicha, as Ramban writes in his famous letter, V'yatit deshtor asimecha, Tisnei tamid l'daber kol dvarecha benachas, l'chol adam v'v'chol eis, Never raise your voice, says the Ramban, unless it's in Ashir. But if somebody is just talking to someone else and one is not getting excited about Torah, so then, benachas, calmly, always. Why? The Ramban now talks about two connected mitos. U'bazeh tinatzel min hakaas. That's a reflection of anger. If I raise my voice, I'm getting angry. Anger is terrible. The root of so many Averis is anger. Anybody gets angry, all types of Ganem are sholit on him. And the Bali Musr say that doesn't just mean in the next world. But it means in this world. It doesn't mean they're going to go to Gehenna because they get angry. It means that if somebody is always constantly getting angry, then they live in a living hell because they have no control of their actions. They have no control of their lives. So it's even in this world. Kaas. And then he says on line four, the kaas. And through controlling my kaas, what's really the goal? What's the goal here of this first comment I want to give you, uh, my son? And if you control your anger, then you will receive and you will turn into a humble, a modest individual. That is the mita, says the Ramban. Anti-gaiva, being an anav, is, look at his lashon, mida tova, mikol hamidos atovos. This is the key, this is the root of so many mitzvahs. I'm not the greatest, I'm not the center, I don't need everything. She mida tova, mikol hamidos atovos. Shneemar, ekev anava, yiras Hashem. And through anava, that will lead to yiras shamayim, and we'll go, we will know. Me'ayin basa, ula'an ataholeich, v'lefnei mi ataholitein din v'cheshbon. And the Ramban continues, and it continues talking about anava. Line 10. V'chashat desayi b'midasa anava. Liz boshish b'kal adam. When I, when I inculcate within myself the midah of humility to be meek in front of others. U'lehiz pachet b'menu. U'menachet. That will lead to tishra alacha ruach ha'shchina, v'ziv kvoda, v'chai ha'olaba. And then it continues as if we didn't get it till now. And this we didn't realize that anava is so important. The atabani dare. My son, listen. Sometimes when we want to get our children's attention, we'll repeat their name in the conversation. Even though we're talking to them. We'll repeat their name. Does he hear? My son, atabani. 
Darei ki amizgae belibo ala brios. If somebody is about gaiva, morid hu b'malchus shamayim, he's taking up God's space. Ki mispa'er hu bilavush malchus shamayim, because only God is king. I'm not king, and I'm not king anywhere. Not even in my own house, I'm not king. Not even in my office. Why would somebody raise themselves up, says the Ramban? Let's think about it. In Ba'osher, what? He has more money than others? Hashem, Orishu Mashir. He's not in charge of his own riches. The Imba Kavod? Right? It belongs to Kodesh Baruch Hu. We have Kavana when we say that every morning. And then they're not going to get stuck as we say that. The Osher Kavod, where does that come from? Milfanecha. The Echem Mispar, Bechvod Kono. We're stealing God's thunder. Vim is part of a chachma. Oh, I'm very wise. I'm very smart. I could give great shiurim. Right? I'm, I'm, ama- I'm amazing. Right? Does that come from any human being? Kodesh Baruch Hu. Kodesh Baruch Hu gives everybody their abil- different abilities. And he expects different things from each person. Nimsa. Hakol shavel lefnei hamakom. Everybody's equal. I'm very rich. I'm a great shear giver. I'm, I'm, uh, I give a lot of stock. Whatever I can say about myself. Right? It's nothing. It's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ki ba'apo And therefore Hashem is in charge. And therefore, says the Ramban to his son, Lochein hashpel The more you lower yourself, the more God will raise you up. Rav Feinstein lowered himself and look where he is. Right? Up. Up the most mechubad, the posik ador. And then he continues. Okay, let me explain to you. Let me explain to you how to act like an anav. Because the more you act like an anav, the more you'll feel like an anav. Always speak calmly and quietly. You shouldn't walk with a, with a head raised up as if you're one is so proud and, and on, and on top of the world, on top of other people in the world. And he continues, uh, relating to, to, um, to this meter. But again, this is all from our Pasik. The Ramban telling us, This relates to his Igaris. And one related idea is from the Ramban's great-grand Talmud. And that is the Ran. The Ran in one of his drushas. Part of this we've spoken about before. If you never saw this drusha, it's highly recommended. It's drush yud aleph. I just gave you a piece of it. Where the Ran, the Ran discusses the difference between a shofate and a melech. This is an important run for anyone who is learning Sefer Shmuel Aleph. When the time period switched from the Shoftim to Eli and Shmuel were there, and then all of a sudden Shalomel comes onto the scene when the king uh, was asked for by Klai Yisrael, what's the difference between a Shofet and a Melech? So the, that's the Ron's discussion right here in source number six. So first of all, Hashem says, you want a king? You don't get to choose who the king is. That's number one. Gam wine two. You want to be like the nations around you? You want a king? Okay, I'll give you a king. But they choose whoever they want. But I'm going to tell you who to choose. Whoever I choose, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's the one that's going to that's the one that, that you are going to have to be Meshubah to. Number one. But then, says the Ran, explaining about the halachas of a king. The halachas of a king. Ulafi. And now we get back to our earlier question of why the king has to have his own Sefer Torah. And let's add, the Ramban already said it, gave one answer. The Ran's going to give a different answer. 
The Ramban says, why is the Isra of Gaiva Dafka by a king? Because you might have had a Havamina by a king that he can have a little bit of Gaiva. Kamash Mulan, no, no, no. Levilti The Ran is going to say similar but different. Because by king there's a danger. Source number seven. A king does not have to follow the same laws that a shofet does. A shofet is by the book. A shofet is, he has to record his decision, give an explanation why. The king has elastic authority. If he feels something is needed for the good of the tzibur, he could raise a person's house. He could build a highway wherever he wants. There's a danger when someone has elastic authority. A for gaiva, B for not following the halacha and going overboard. That's why says the Ran, a king has to have a Torah with him all the time. More than fellow Jews. Everything in the context of Avodas Hashem, everything in the context of Shmiras Torah U Mitzvos. That is the reason he needs this extra Sefer Torah. And then he has on line 13, It's very possible he's going to have Gaiva. He says, that's why I say it here, and he quotes the Ramban. He quotes our Ramban. But the Ramban said, oh, we've had a Havamina that he would be allowed. The Ran is saying, because he specifically, there's a good probability that he will come to it. And that's why one has to see otherwise. And then the Ran, the Ran expands and basically says the same idea that the Ramban writes in the letter. And that is, on line 17. Let me explain. The king received his position. But it was exactly that. He received his position. Malchus isn't, isn't something literally stuck to the king. It's given to him by Hashem, and by the people. But it's not inherent. It's an extra title that he has, but it's not inherent. The king is the king from the outside. And that's why he quotes Rabbeinu Yonah. There's no king that can be called Melech HaKavod, because the Kavod is not his, it was given to him. Only, there's only one Melech HaKavod. And that's the shot of the Pasuk we say every Sunday morning. What's the emphasis? Because even though kings are Mechubad, but that's external, it was given to them. It wasn't that they are Mechubad themselves. The deeper message for us is that everything we have, as the Ramban says, as the Ran says, every Koach Hashem gives us, and we all Baruch Hashem, we all have our various Kochos. It's all given to us as a Matana, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be able to use properly, and to use for good things. And we can feel good about ourselves. We can have self-esteem, but we can't go beyond that. Once we start feeling that, oh, give ourselves a pat on the back, I'm awesome, I'm great, is that already? It's, it's a very delicate balance that we have to have between self-esteem and godless Adam and the making sure that we don't overstep the lines in terms of our gaiva. Okay, that is the Isra of gaiva levilti rule of Okay, we continue now. A few seconds later, Paragurches, we have towards the end. Parak Pasigur Gimel. 
Pasuk Yud Gimel, right before Chamishi. A five-word Pasuk. Tamim tihiyah im Hashem Be complete with God. Be shalim with God. And the next Pasuk, Ki. There's a, a connecting word, Ki. Ki agayim ha'eleh, Because these nations that you're going to drive out in the Eneris Kena'an, El ma'oninim ve'el kosmim yishmo, they li- <laughs> they listen to ma'onim and kosmim and fortune tellers. You can't do that. You can't do that. What does Tamim Tiyam Hashem Lokecha mean? Is it counted as a separate mitzvah? This is one of those psukim, a general pasuk. And this is the second Ramban of the day. First we'll start with Rashi. Two Rambans today. Two Yisodistic Rambans, which we already did one. Rashi says, Tamim Tiyam Focus on God. Don't try to figure out the future. You want to know about the future? You know, just, just do your best. Make the right decisions. Don't try to figure out what's going to be. Be complete, be tamim, be somewhat not naive, but just go with what life presents us with. And not trying to figure out and outsmart, trying to figure out the future. That's Rashi. The Ramban, Lishitaso, as the Ramban does on a number of psukim in his commentary on the Torah. General psukim, which one might say, are just exactly that general without any specific message. The Ramban always... Whenever there's a general type of pasuk that can be made significant and important, he does that. Kedoshim tiyu, that's one. V'yasisa v'ayashav atov, in Parshat V'aschanam, that's two. Here's number three. Tamim tiyem ha'shem alokecha. Says the Ramban, sheniyached, you have it there, in source number eight now. What does tamim tiyem mean? So Rashi already said, we shouldn't go to fortune tellers. The Ramban expands on that, and then we're going to see the Ramban holds, this is a separate mitzvah zaseid da'oraisa. Not just, no, not a good idea. Emuna. This Pasuk is about Emuna. Believing and realizing Hashem is in charge. Just from Him, we could go. Maybe to the Urmetumim. O me anche chasidah, retzona lomar Urmetumim. Velo nidros me hovre shamayim, velo mizulasam. And not to go to any private individual. And to realize, says the Ramban, skipping a few lines. Vinaamin, shakal haboos, tiyena, kafiyas karif, adam la avodaso. Everything in life has to do with our proximity to Akadish Baruchu. And the closer we are, the more ashkacha we will be under. And the further we are, the less ashkacha we will have. Chas v'shalom. And this is a mitzvah asei da'oraisa. To believe and to realize the special hashkacha that has, that Hashem has to each and every one of us. So it's a much more elaborate, so more elaborate than Rashi just says, don't go to the fortune tellers and fortune seekers. Rabban says that's true, but that's part of a larger hashkacha of tamim tiyah, Everything is from Hashem. Hashem knows what's best. If I want to change the future, to modify the future, I just have to work on my Torah and mitzvos. Rashi and the Ramban. The Nitzif. The Hemek Davar, the Nitzif has a tremendous limit on this halacha, on this mitzvah. Tremendous limit. Tamim Tiyam Hashem Alokecha says the Nitziv is only biyachid. Only applies to an individual. When it comes to a tzibur, when it comes to Klal Yisrael, it's not only allowed 
but it's encouraged. Go find out the future. After all, says the, says the Nesif, what happens so many times at Tanakh? You want to know what's going to be? They go to the Rambatumim. Why did the Rambatumim answer them? If it's a, if it's a lack of Tamimtiya? No. The point is, when it comes to Klal Yisrael, when it comes to the Tzibur, when it comes to Yechidim, no way. But when it comes to the, you want to know about your personal life. When it comes to the Tzibur, Klal Yisrael, should they go fight? Should they not go fight? What's going to happen? That's fine. HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicates with us through these ways. Says the Nitziv. You have it in Swords of Menon, line 15. That's, that's what you have to do. And he says, amazingly, if we think of the story of Shaul HaMelech at the end of Shmuel Aleph, when he goes to ask the witch of Ein Dor, what was his Avera? So Pashas his Avera was asking the witch of Ein Dor, he killed out all the Machashefos, he had this when he went. Says the Nitziv, no, 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 it wasn't asking per se, because he was a king, he was asking for Klal Yisrael. The problem was that, why didn't he ask the Urmatumim? The answer was, as we know, Chazal tell us, the Urmatumim wouldn't answer him because he massacred the city of Nov. That's the problem here. Because his actions caused that he couldn't go through the normal process and the normal mechanism to find out and he had to go to, through the back door with the witch of Eindor. So that, that's the problem. But it goes back to his Rudavera of Ritzicha, Gram Ritzicha, and not specifically per se asking. Because asking says that's, that's the, that's okay. And he says that's the Pshat of the Psukim. If you read the Psukim, Bitamim with Hashem. When it comes to the individual, because these nations around you, they go to Monim and Kosmim. But you, but Hashem didn't do that for you. Didn't do that for you on an individual level. But when it comes to the Tzibur level, so then you have that, you have that ability. Okay, moving right along. There is something that we discussed a number of years ago, and that is a sugya of Adam Zomimin. Adam Zomimin, and the most difficult halacha regarding Adam Zomamin is kasher zaman below kasher asa. Zaman below kasher asa. We only give the punishment if the Adim are not successful in causing Ruvain to pay, in causing Ruvain to get his punishment. But if they are successful, then, then we don't. Kasher zaman below kasher asa. And we've discussed in the past various svaris, if there are any, the Ramban there in source number 10, I gave it to you again, but this is the third Ramban. Again, the Ramban is chock full on this, uh, on this parsha. But we just did, did this in past years. The Ramban starts off by saying it's Xerah Sakasov, and then the Ramban says, well, maybe I can give a svara if Ruvain was actually killed. These Adam were successful. It can't be that Hashem would have let that happen. Yes, sometimes outside of Beza, but to let the, the greatest rabbis of the generation through their decision, kill an innocent person, it can't be. It must be he was he was guilty for some other reason. Okay, the Rabban explains Asa. But there's a beautiful question asked by the Uraim. That's one of the Talmidim of Rabbeinu Tam. That's the question. Let's take a money case. Right? Two Adam come and say Ruvain O Shimon money. So what happens? And they're caught, they're proven to be Zomamin. You couldn't have known that Ruvain lent uh, owes, owes money to Shimon. Imanu Hayisim, you were with us. So what do we do? We make the Adam pay what they wanted. They wanted him to pay a hundred, so they have to pay a hundred. Who gets that money? Who gets the money? The person who they were talking about. Ruvain, let's say. Ruvain gets the money. Ask the Uriah, why does Ruvain get the money? 
Reuven didn't lose anything. They wanted Reuven to lose. So what should be their punishment? They should lose. Give the money to Bezdin. Give the money to Tzor Chetzibor. Throw out the money. If it's Kasher Zomam, so why do we then give the money to Reuven? The Adam weren't asking that Reuven should pay them the money. They just wanted Reuven to lose. So why, in a Dini Maman, it's such a basic question from Maseches Makos. Why, in a Dini Maman's case, does when the Adim have to pay Reuven, have to pay the defendant? They should lose the money and give it to the court. Give it to Tzarchei Tzibor, give it to whatever. That's the question of the Yireim. And he doesn't answer it. the money and throw it out. Or do something with it. Says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, quoted here in the in the uh, Otsos HaTorah. Otsos HaTorah, he gives an answer. Gives an answer, but before we get to that answer, let's get another question. Not sure if I mentioned it. I mentioned this in other contexts. This is an unbelievable, unbelievable thought that we have to mention right now. Various times in past years, we didn't have a shir of Pasha Shoftim. It was the in-between. It was my traveling week. So we haven't had that many shir on Shoftim. So I, I don't think I mentioned this in the Shoftim week. Towards the end of the Parsha, another question. Okay, we'll hold off with the Uraim's question. Another question that the Bali Musr mentioned. And that is the story of Chosrim Me'orche HaMelchama. The battlefield we know, there's somebody appointed to get up and say whoever built a new house and didn't uh, live in it yet, he could go home. He has that excuse. And whoever planted a vineyard and didn't get to enjoy its fruits, yeah, he could go home because maybe he's going to die in war. And whoever got married, V'chulu. Okay, we understand. Pashtus is, they can't have kavana because they didn't get to enjoy it yet, and therefore they won't be successful soldiers. Also, maybe they're hiding other other uh, excuses. Maybe they're just scared of giving them an out. Either way, the Bali Musr point out and ask. If you look in the Torah, there seem to be nine extra words. Nine extra words. Why? If we were writing the Torah, Mi'ayish, Perachov, Pasakeh, who is the man who built a house and did not get to live in it yet? So he could go home. Why? Maybe he'll die in war. Period. The Pasuk should end there. And yet, what does the Pasuk say? And someone else is going to get to live in it. Whoever planted a vineyard and didn't get to enjoy the fruits yet, he should go home. Maybe he's going to die in war. Period. No, the Torah says, and somebody else is going to take it. Whoever got married, right, didn't get to live with a wife yet. Maybe he'll, get, he'll die. What are these ish achers? Just leave out those nine words. What do you need those words for? Rashi says on the first one, the ish acher, Rashi says, the davar shall agmas nefesh huzeh. It's agmas nefesh. What is Rashi emphasizing? He says it on the words, the ish acher, yachnechenu. So there's a story that's quoted in various different sources that helps explain this Rashi, and then Mamela helps explain our question of the Uraim. Story goes that there was a butcher in Brisk, and uh, he had a shaila about a certain cow, and it was a very serious shaila because a cow was worth a lot of money. He goes to the diner in Brisk, Rav Simchazelig, and he asks him, Rav Simchazelig looks back and forth and back and forth. Finally, he says, I'm sorry, the cow is trafe. Many, many hundreds of rubo. Okay, the butcher accepts the uh, the din, and... And he goes home. A few weeks later, this butcher has a, a sikhsuch, has a little machlokas with some, a, a neighbor, a fellow uh, merchant, and it's for pittance. It's for a very little amount of money. They go to Rav Zelig, and he looks at the case, and he decides against this butcher. Against the butcher. He rules against the butcher. And the butcher gets up and starts screaming at him and cursing him, and he's screaming. 
And Rav Chaim was in the Bezdin. Rav Chaim, Brisker, Rav Chaim Salvation gets up and throws the guy out of court. Rav Chazal turns to Rav Chaim and says, I don't understand. A few weeks ago, I trafed up his cow, hundreds and hundreds of ruble, and he accepted the din. And here it's only a couple of ruble, a little bit, and he was so angry. Was it just cumulative? I ruled against him twice. Said Rav Chaim, no, you don't understand. In the first case, see, he lost a lot of money. But in the second case, it was much more painful for him. Why? Because here someone else won. When someone else wins, that's much more painful. Not just if we lose. Right? A child, if a child doesn't get something, fine. But if a child gets something and his brother gets it, forget it. So that's worse. So nobody will get it. Right? That's how parents answer. Okay, nobody will get it. You can't give it to one and not to the other because that's much more painful. Rashi. It's not just this person is so worried and distraught that he might die in war, but it's even more painful for him. He might die in war and somebody else will live with his wife, will enjoy the fruits, will live in his house. That's the pain. That's Rashi. Right? The Torah is cluing us in to human, the human psyche. Now back to our case. Says of Yisrael Salanter. Unbelievable answer. Back to the question of the Urayim. Right, what was the question? Why do these witnesses have to pay the defendant? Why don't they just take the money and throw it away? Give the money to Bezin and Bezin will throw it away. No, what were they trying to do? They were trying to make Ruvain pay and for Shimon to get it. They were trying to make this defendant go through the payment and having somebody else get it. That pain. If they just get, if they have to pay and throw it out, that's not so bad. If they have to pay and give it to somebody else, oh, that's kasher zaman v'lo kasher asa. It's got to be exactly, exactly parallel to what they were trying to do. Unbelievable. You saw Salanter answering? That's real kasher zaman. Okay. Just quickly, just to mention one halachic issue, and then we'll end off with a thought on Elul, which um, has to be mentioned every year. That is, we have towards the end of the parsha the Isra of Baltashchis. Isra of wasting in the Torah, it's about fruit trees. Torah is about fruit trees. It's expanded by the poskim to anything uh, constructive that we destroy. So there are two very different approaches to this mitzvah. I'll just give you the approaches and then feel free to do the research in terms of the nafgaminas to the two approaches that are mentioned here. The Nitziv, second Nitziv of the evening, the Ramban as well reflects this, says, Batashchis is about the loss of potential benefit that one could get from this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me something I could use and I don't use it. And I destroy the possibility of using it. It's all about the lost potential. Says the Nitziv, Ki mimenu tochel, Whatever is given to me for benefit is a mitzvah not to destroy. The Rambani has been counted as part of the mitzvah. The mitzvahs that he adds on to the mitzvahs that, are, that he says the Rambam forgot. He says part of it is not destroying fruit trees because that will remove benefit that I would be able to get. It's focused on the potential benefit loss. That's the Nitziv and the Yachronim and that's the Ramban and the Rishonim. If you look at the Sefer HaChinuch, Kedarko Bakodesh, his focus is not so much on the object, but on the subject. It's on the doer of the mitzvah. What's Baal Tashchus about? Says the Sefer HaChinuch, at least in one daya, because it's going to make me a destructive individual. If I go around and waste things and destroy things, so that's going to have an effect on me. It's for me. Nothing to do with the Hana'ah specifically. 
It's about making me a certain type of person. The Sefer Achadat Lishitaso, and again, there are many Nafkamina. We had actually a couple of years ago a Daf Be'iyun sure about this. Feel free to look on the OU website in the archives of Daf Be'iyun for the Shia related to Baltashchus, which we gave a couple of summers ago. Okay, just to end with one thought related to Elo, which I think I might mention every year, but it's uh, now that this is the first Shear in Chodesh Elul, you know, we have to mention it. I gave it to you from Elohim Moadai, the first page in that Sefer, in Source 14, where he quotes Darshi Rishumos, the Pasuk says in Amos, when a lion roars, who is not scared? And the Mepharshim explain, Aryeh is Gematria, is not Gematria, is Rashi Tevos Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom HaKippurim. That's Arya, that's the lion. So, who's not scared? Explains the Elohim Moadai. Why is it that if you're walking down the street in your neighborhood and you see a lion walking on the sidewalk, coming your way, you will be scared out of your wits. You'll run, you'll scream, you'll, you'll jump, you'll call, you'll climb up a tree. Very scary. Masha'en Kane, if I go to the zoo, the first place I go is to see the lion. I want to see the lion. I can't wait. That's that, the zoos that have a lion, it's already a certain quality of a zoo. Says the Elohim Moadai, there's a big difference. Because in the first case, there's no mechitza. When there's no separation, when there's no mechitza between us and the lion, that's very scary. When, there's, when it's in a cage, when it's separate from me, that's not so scary. Ar Yeshaag, Elo Rashani Yom Kippur. If we put up a mechitza, if we put up a fence, a gather between us and these days, these awesome days, it's not so scary. I'm okay, I'm good, cruise control. But our job is to break down the mechitza. Our job is, the lion is roaring, mi lo yira. It's very hard this year. It's the middle of the summer, right? It's the beginning of August. It's El already. Right? We can't fathom. We're in the middle. Our kids aren't starting school till a couple of weeks from now. Ar yeshag mi lo yira. It's time for us to start thinking already. It's time for us to feel the lion and as Hashem, be inspired by the opportunity that Elul presents us with. Okay, we'll stop here. Be'ez Hashem, next week again, still in Camp Cayley. And again, to remind the, uh, our listeners, please, if, uh, if you haven't yet, we thank all of our listeners that have contributed, but if you haven't yet, please uh, join us in the great mitzvah of building a, a Mikdash Ma'at, a base Knesset in Eretz Yisrael. Please go to nofehashemesh.com, nofehashemesh.org, and uh, you can make your tax-deductible contribution there. Everybody should have a Chodesh Tov.